You're listening to Your Credit Today with your host, Angela Setters-Vissard, sponsored by Conquer Credit Management. Well, good morning, because it is the morning this morning. This is A to the N to the G. You are listening to Your Credit Today, as if you didn't know. Well, guess what? If you have not subscribed to this podcast, you got to hit that subscribe button. Tell all your friends and family about the amazing tips and information that you're learning from this voice here A to the N to the G. And I have some amazing information to give to you today and very, very important information. So I hope you have your pen and your paper ready to take notes. So let's go and let's get after it. So today what we're going to be talking about is medical collections and how to navigate those issues or situations. I have clients that call me on a weekly basis talking about all kinds of different things that happen to them from a medical perspective and how they need to handle their medical bills. So we're going to kind of unfortunately jump all over the place because that's just kind of like what I do. Because I do have ADHD, but <laughs> but anyways, no, we're we're gonna we're gonna stay on target, but we're gonna be talking about a lot of different issues, and hence why I said get your pens and uh, paper out so that you can take some copious notes, or get your computer, your iPad, or your phone, whatever it is that you have, so that you can remember these amazing thoughts. And by the way, if you have subscribed, you can always go back and listen to it later. So let's go. Um, You know, the thing that I have always told people is that you can avoid erroneous bills, erroneous charges when you go to the doctor or you go to the hospital or you go to the ER when you look at the actual bill. Now, the last couple of shows that you have listened to, we've been talking about looking at your statements that come in the mail from different creditors. Well, the same thing applies when you're looking at medical bills or when you're checking out of the doctor's office or when you're having a baby and you sit down with your OBGYN and you talk about your birthing plan and how many visits you're going to have to have, hospitalization, all of these different things that you talk about and you can have a plan about. But specifically, I see a lot of clients disagree with bills that come to them from the doctor because they never checked the bill or what they were being billed for when they were walking out of the doctor's office. So the process, at least as I know it and most know it, When you go to the doctor, the first thing you do is you sign in. Now, why do you sign in? Hey, guys, just so you know, when you sign in, you are consenting that you are going to pay for the visit. So a lot of people have called me and said, you know, I signed in to go to the doctor, but I was in the waiting room for so long that I decided to leave. And now they've sent me a bill. Well, yes, the reason that they sent you a bill is because they made time for your appointment. You signed in that you were there and going to take the appointment, and now they have the right to bill you. So it's very, very important that you know and understand when you go to the doctor and you're having several or different services provided to you, when you check out and you're seeing the nurse or you know whoever it is, the billing department, 
to make your copay for your insurance that you ask them for a copy of what you are being billed for. Because at that moment in time, you can actually disagree with what they may be saying that they did to you or gave to you. But if you wait until after you leave the office and then you get a bill, it's kind of your word against their word. Okay, so when you're looking at the bill and there's something on there that you say, you know what, I I don't believe that I got this service, then right then and there, you can write on that bill that you disagree with that. And most of the time, they will not bill you for that. Now, what is the reason why there are extra charges on a bill? Unfortunately, it's not to go against, you know, the medical practitioners out there, but a lot of the medical billing practice is very wonky. Okay, there are tons of medical codes that come into play. And so unfortunately, because the insurance companies are very difficult to actually extract the money that's owed to the doctor from, sometimes it gets passed along to the client. So it's very, very important. Again, when you're checking out of the doctor's office, you check a couple of things. First, you want to know what you're being billed for. The second thing that you want to make sure of is what does your insurance cover and what is going to be your portion that you are going to be responsible for. A lot of people, even I've had clients that have like 100% insurance policy plans, but what they don't realize is that there are some things that are not covered even in a 100% covered policy plans. There are restrictions. So you have to make sure that when you're checking out, you look and see if you're being billed for one of those restrictions. Because what can happen is, is that you'll get a huge bill, you have no idea what it's for, and you're thinking in your head because you have a 100% insurance plan that your insurance should be covering the full bill, but you didn't know that it was a restricted practice or, you know, not anything illegal, just so you know, but it was not a part of your insurance plan. So now you're responsible for the bill. Okay. So really, really important. Also, when you're going to have certain procedures done, this is why it's very important to get something that's called a pre-authorization. All right. Don't just go willy nilly and have some sort of outpatient surgery done to yourself. Okay, because a lot of the times anesthesia is involved in these things, and a lot of these insurance plans do not cover anesthesia. Okay, so you really have to understand ahead of time and make a plan. So, you know, when I was going to have outpatient surgery not too long ago, the doctor laughed at me because I was asking specifically, what is it that you're going to be doing to me? What is it that I'm going to be being billed for, et cetera? And he says, you know what, you can talk to the the billing department with that. So as soon as I checked out, you better believe it, I asked them for a full list of what I need to know so that I can call my insurance company and make sure that I'm covered so that I can make the decision on if I want to press forward or not with this outpatient surgery because I need to know how much out of pocket I'm going to need to pay. So again, friends, what am I talking about? I'm talking about having a plan. And we always talk about this. If you don't have a plan, then you plan to fail. 
And this can make you very angry in a lot of situations. Of course, you know, I'm dealing with clients that are very angry at dentists and different doctors, all kinds of uh, hospitals, because they had no understanding of why they were being billed. Now, it's one thing if you have had emergency surgery if you were in the ER and you were incapacitated and you didn't know what was going on, those are, you know, circumstances, unfortunately, that happen quite a bit. And you have medical bills that come to you that you feel are not warranted. And those are the kinds of things, absolutely, that you will have to duke it out with your insurance company and the hospital. But when it's in our power to be able to look and understand what we're being billed for, I think think it's really, really important for us to step up to the plate, have a plan, and understand what we're going to be paying for. Again, going back to the major medical needs, okay? When you're having a baby, let's say, a lot of the times there are doctors right now that we call them concierge doctors. And what they do is they will charge you one lump sum to have your baby, Obviously, if there's complications, something can come into that and they will have that in their contract. But a lot of these concierge doctors um, actually don't take insurance and they are cash-only doctors, but you can sit down with them. And in some cases, it can be either comparable or a little bit less than what it would be going through your insurance company, believe it or not. So make sure that you don't just throw the baby out with the bathwater, <laughs> um, but you actually sit down and you have a conversation with that OBGYN and figure out what the best plan is for you. Now, some uh, women choose to go to a specific doctor that may, you know, be $1,000 more than paying through their insurance because they really like the doctor. The doctor doctor has very high ratings, they're very personable, they come up with a birthing plan, a lot of different things. So, you know, that's one of the major medical needs that we hear of all of the time. So you want to sit down and understand once again, if it's going to be good for you to go through your insurance company or whether you want to pay cash for it. And that brings me into my next thing. A lot of people don't understand the difference between cash price and insurance billing price. And, you know, normally you can ask, like, for instance, if you're going to get an MRI or any type of scan, you can ask them, you know, what is the cash price for this and what is the price that you would charge if it was to go through insurance? Now, the reason why it's so much more expensive to go through insurance, unfortunately, is because... A lot of the times, these medical bills do not get paid for sometimes months or over a year. So a lot of these facilities are charging actual more when it comes to using your insurance than it would be with cash. And I can only tell you from personal experience, when I called and I had to have an MRI of something, I said, listen, you know, I don't want to wait for my insurance company to approve this. How much would it be for the cash price? They quote, me, I'm just going to tell you, $400 cash price, okay? And to go through insurance, it was still going to be $350, but they were going to charge my insurance company over $2,800. Is that not crazy? It's just a banana world out there, I tell you. But for me, 
it was better to just not go through my insurance company because I had already reached my deductible and they were giving me some, unfortunately, they were giving me some problems as far as covering the expense. So I just ate the $50 and paid the cash price. That way there, I didn't have to worry about my insurance company coming back and saying that they wouldn't cover it. And then not only was I paying the $350 copay out of my pocket, I wasn't going to be responsible for the insurance price that they were billing for. So really, really important information to ask up front before you go and get these procedures done, before you have any of these major things done, even if it's with your teeth, with your dentist, okay? Now, a lot of dental plans, unfortunately, are not very good. You know, they cover very little, They really cover the basics. You know, they're really for a health plan of keeping your teeth healthy. But if you have a major problem like a root canal or, you know, you you need to pull a tooth or um, you need to have... Uh, your teeth straightened or or anything like that, or you're losing teeth and you need new teeth, They're, these plans typically do not cover those types of expenses. But again, this is why you call the company and you ask. I can tell you my son had to have his wisdom teeth pulled and we called three different uh, orthodontists that were going to pull out his teeth. And can you believe all three of them had different cost factors that were associated to it? Crazy. So do your research when it comes to this stuff. Now, the other thing is, is about setting up a payment plan. Now, again, I'm dealing with clients all over the place that have major medical bills, okay? I've seen people that have a couple hundred uh, dollars in medical bills, and I've seen people that have a couple hundred thousands of dollars in medical bills, okay? So it really depends on what's going on. But you can set up a payment plan with a hospital or a medical provider. But what is the one thing that A to the N to the G has always told you whenever you're setting up a plan? You have to get it in writing. You have to get it in writing, get it in writing, get it in writing, get it in writing. If you have gone to a hospital and you had a surgery and you owe $10,000 from that surgery, which was your portion of the major medical and your insurance covered the rest, and you don't have $10,000, but you have agreed with that particular hospital that you can pay X amount every single month then get that in writing. And let me tell you why that's so important. Most hospitals will hold on to debt for up to six months. And then if the debt is not paid in full, they will send it out to a collection agency. And then what happens when that happens? Now you have a collection account or several collection accounts, depending on how many different providers were included in that Uh, in that bill. Maybe there was a doctor. Maybe there was an anesthesiologist. Maybe you had to pay for the outpatient surgery room. There's so many different things that come into play when you're talking about a bill that you're receiving from a hospital. So it's very important that when you set up a plan that you have it in writing so that they can't send it out to a collection agency and then you're forced to handle it faster, quicker, and it not hurt your financial credit history faster than you need to, 
Okay. Now, a lot of hospitals will tell you up front what kind of plans they can approve. You know, some people say, well, I can only afford to pay $100 a month. And a lot of hospitals will say, unfortunately, that's not enough based off of this bill. You have to pay X amount. The thing that you should know and understand is that every single hospital has a fund in where they can forgive a portion of your bill, but you have to qualify. So if you don't ask, because we've always known that a closed mouth doesn't get fed, if you don't ask if these they have these kinds of programs, then you can't qualify. And there are a lot of times where I've told clients to do this, and let's take that $10,000 medical bill that they have, and they were forgiven $6,000 of that bill, and now they only had to pay $4,000, and they were able to set up a more accelerated plan to pay that off within, let's say, two years. But again, friends, it's very important that when you're setting up a payment plan with respect to your medical bills, that you do it the right way and you get it in writing from them. Now, moving on to some other things that I see with respect to medical bills and divorce, unfortunately. It's very important that when you are going through a divorce and you, let's say, were the person that was uh, the uh, the first person in charge of the medical and your name is on the hook, you have to make sure that you know and understand that a divorce decree is not going to stand with respect to any medical facilities when it comes to your children, okay? Because you are their father, mother, just as much as the other person is, okay? And so the medical bill falls on the plate of whoever's medical insurance is presented at that time. And if you have been divorced and your spouse is still carrying around the insurance card that belongs to you, and this is not something that has been discussed with your attorneys, the bill can now be your responsibility. So it's very, very important that you establish those things up front. I can't tell you how many people I have as clients that are very angry that their spouse never told them that they were taking their kids to the doctor. Now they have these bills showing up on their credit report that they never knew about because the spouse was receiving the bills and just assuming that the other spouse was going to pay for them because the insurance plan is in their name and no one took accountability for it. And now it's showing up on that particular spouse's credit report. So when you are going through a divorce, you really, really have to bring that to the table with your lawyer and make a plan and also talk to your insurance company, okay? If you want to, typically what you can do is you can set up another insurance plan that is only in your kid's name and then you can have an insurance plan in your name so that you can make sure and separate whatever is coming in their name and whatever is coming in your name and you can take the ex-spouse off unless, of course, in the divorce decree and through the divorce, you guys decide that the one spouse that's uh, responsible for the insurance will continue to pay those insurance fees. 
So very, very important that you look at the details when it comes to that. Now, the other thing is, is that I have spoken to many clients that have medical debt that's on their credit report and say, oh my goodness, you know, my insurance company should have handled this. And it appears that the doctor miscoded the bill that they sent to my insurance company. And that's why my insurance company declined the claim and never paid for it. And I want to go back to the doctor and have them fix that so that my insurance company will pay for it. And listen, friends, absolutely can you do that. However, you have to check um, your local state laws Okay, in terms of which states will allow you to do that. But most insurance companies, you have up to 18 months, okay, in where you can resubmit a past medical bill that was coded incorrectly or was not covered by your insurance company. Now, take note the one thing that you need to know and understand with respect to that, though, is that it has to still be your current insurance company. If that insurance has lapsed and you don't have them as an insurance company any longer, you can't go back to a provider that's not a provider of yours anymore and ask them to cover a bill, okay? So very, very important information that you can know about. Also, that just brings me to the point where when we talked in the beginning about looking at the bill when you are exiting the doctor's office, you know, make sure that the medical billing code is correct. Ask them. Say, I want to make sure that this code is correct so that when you submit this to my insurance company that they're going to actually pay for it. Friends, I, you know, I'm a nut when it comes to bills. And I have seen this happen so many times to myself where I have had a medical provider that has provided the wrong code for my insurance company and they've denied the claim. And I call the insurance company right away and say, I need to understand why you denied this claim. And they will specifically tell you this is not covered under this specific code. And then I ask them what it is. And I'm like, I didn't even get that. What are they talking about? And they say, you need to call back your medical provider and have them resubmit this under the correct code. So really important. What are we talking about right now? We're just talking about paying attention. That's really at the end of the day what we're talking about. Paying attention to these invoices, to these bills that come in the mail. Incidentally, just so you know, I'm a nut also about opening every piece of mail that I get. Why is that? Because a lot of the times medical bills can look like junk mail. If you know that you've gone to the doctor, if you know you've been to the hospital, if you know that you have taken your child to the doctor, then you have to expect a bill at some point in time. Make an alert on your calendar. Follow up with the medical practitioner and ask them, hey, have you sent me a bill? Am I all paid up? You know, so that you make sure that these things don't come to bite you in the booty when you're going to buy a house and now you have a $76 medical bill on your credit report that's dragging down your credit score over 100 points. Okay, so really, really important to know and understand. Now, the last thing that we're going to be talking about is death of a spouse or someone that you are responsible for with respect to insurance. And I know this is such a, you know, uh, 
a, a crazy or morbid topic to talk about, but it's got to be discussed, okay? Because unfortunately, um, people pass away all the time and the medical bills don't stop just because someone passes away. Now, here's the thing that you have to know and understand. In different states, once again, there are laws that are associated to a spouse that is responsible for another spouse's death and their medical bills, okay? For instance, North Carolina, if your spouse passes away and you have not signed for any of the medical bills, if you have not signed them in to an ER visit, anything like that, then you will not be responsible for all of the medical debt that comes after that spouse has passed away. But it's very important that you know and understand that there are different laws that are associated to that, okay? Especially if someone has had a major accident or whatnot. And so it's very important that you look at the bills that are coming to you. And if you have not signed for anything, then you should not be held liable for any of those expenses unless, once again, the insurance is under your name and every time the spouse has checked into the hospital or the doctor, they've used that insurance policy. Um, so really important to know and understand that you can look, you can Google it. Hey, Google, we love you out there because Google has a ton of information. So don't just go writing checks when someone has passed away, when a loved one has passed away. Specifically, if you have an estate and maybe it's your mother or your father, or your uncle, your aunt, whatever, and you are in charge of the estate, don't just automatically think that you have to pay all of those medical bills. You need to look and see if you actually, if the estate is actually responsible for those medical bills or if they are not. Now, I hope that this information has been very valuable to you today. Again, if you have any questions, if any of this is brewing in your mind and you need to know some more stuff, go ahead and email us at customerservice at conquercredit.com. Once again, you can email us at customerservice at conquercredit.com. Well, this is A to the N to the G. You're listening to Your Credit Today, talking about medical collections and bills, and I'm out.